Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scene learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, inspiration, and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six-week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Uh, Today, I'm excited to have George Passantino here from Quoku Brew. And we're going to be chatting about everything that they're doing there, how they're growing, and some of the exciting things that they're doing in the space. So George, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited for this. Awesome. Excited to have you here. Can you open it up and just let everyone know what is Quoka Brew and what are you guys all about? Yeah, of course. So, well, first of all, I'm George. I'm one of the co-founders of Quoka Brew. Really what Quoka Brew is at its core is the market's first caffeinated jitterless coffee. Kind of what that means is I don't know if you ever drink a little bit too much coffee and start to get all jittery, anxious, and crash. We have a blend of organic amino acids that we infuse into our cold brew coffee that eliminate all of the negative side effects of caffeine without sacrificing any of the energy or focus. That's exactly what people are looking for. I love coffee, but I am one of those people who will get those jitters and it's not good. It's definitely not good. So this is like perfect for so many people. Exactly. Exactly. And how did you land on this? Are you like coffee lover? Like what what landed you on this of all things? Yeah, absolutely. So the origin story of Quoka Brew is actually quite interesting. So to take it back from the kind of the very beginning. So my co-founder, Ofec, I've known since seventh grade. Over the years, we've launched multiple businesses together from e-commerce stores to selling chargers to selling muffins. We've kind of done it all over the years. And we both ended up going to UC Berkeley together. And it was during our junior year, we were studying for finals and just drinking a ton of coffee like most college students. And we started to realize we were getting super jittery, anxious, and eventually just completely crashing. And it was one of these things where we like kind of thought about, we're like, this is so like, why does coffee make us feel this weird? Like, why does it make us feel this way? And we were like, there has to be something out there that we could drink that can get us energized and not leave us feeling so, you know, horrible after. So we went down to our local Walgreens and we're going around all the drinks, like reading all the labels. We're like, there's nothing that kind of is trying to focus on this need. And we also realized how unhealthy all the other ready to drink coffees were. I mean, they were just loaded with sugars and calories, super unhealthy. 
So we kind of thought to ourselves, like, what if we created a healthy jitterless coffee? And I think we were both about 19 at the time. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that that's awesome. So there's like definitely a clear need in the market that you saw this. And being entrepreneurs, both of you guys just like at heart. And I can imagine there was like light bulb moment, like, hold on. We have a need. No one has this in the market. Like, how do we bring this to life? Yeah. And it was it was interesting because to be totally honest, I had only drank coffee prior to founding Quoka for about three weeks. I was not a well-versed coffee person by any means. Like I came in knowing virtually nothing about coffee and knowing really nothing about how to create a physical canned beverage. It's a, a lot more difficult than throwing up like a Shopify store in one day. So we basically started with no real understanding of, you know, what do we even do to get started? So it started by just calling really anyone that would be willing to talk to us. The, the benefits of Berkeley is there's a lot of people that have gone on to do amazing things. And they, everyone kind of has a little soft spot, all Berkeley alumni, four current Berkeley students. So we were able to kind of get in a lot of doors off our at berkeley.edu domain name. That's awesome. Hey, leverage those connections wherever you can, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So you guys have this idea, you see this potential and then, I mean, were you like, for sure, let's go for this or was there hesitation along the way? Talk to me about where you guys mindset was at with it all. Yeah, it, that's actually a really interesting question. So we didn't necessarily have, we were still in college at the time. So managing, you know, going to courses and going to classes and studying for tests and things like that and trying to build this at the same time wasn't necessarily easy. We just started setting aside a couple hours a day where we both would meet up, do some research, talk on this. And it kind of was just a reoccurring thing. We spent about six months on research and development. So that's working with food scientists and chemists, like talking to every university professor possible about like, hey, what do you think we can add into coffee to get still give you energy, but not leave you feeling all weird? So we went out kind of just just consistent, normal work every single day. And eventually we made a ton of progress. And we knew we really had something special because we started just talking to our friends about it and giving samples to our friends. And the feedback that we were getting was like, oh my God, this is insane. Like you guys should sell this stuff. So when we started hearing that over and over and over again, we're like, okay, maybe this is actually something that's going to stick. And it clearly stuck. You guys have been in business for how long now? It's actually our three-year anniversary today. What? Happy yeah. anniversary. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it still feels insane that we've been in business for that long. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's uh, a lot of companies don't make it to that point. You guys were clearly doing a lot of the right things along the way. So, okay. So that's kind of like the origin, how we started. Where are you guys right now? Like how is the business, how we've gotten to where you are right now? Yeah. So we, so I, I guess, first of all, we started our product by selling it in little tiny glass bottles. The process of launching a product in a can was just really, really expensive. And I think when we started the company, we each put it in about 250 bucks. So we had we started this company with no money. We actually got our first order of the glass bottles that we used for our first thousand products sold or whatever, because my stepdad backed into my car and he was like, I'll, I'll either, I can fix your car. And I'm like, no, like, that's fine. Give me like the 200 bucks that it would take to fix. And I'm going to go buy glass bottles with those. So we we started this company on like a zero budget. We didn't raise any money for the first two and a half years, we were entirely bootstrapped and it just started by just selling. Like we would bring a table down to UC Berkeley's main plaza and just sell it to anyone that was walking by. We eventually ended up launching an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign in July of last year. 
And with that, we raised over $75,000, which made us one of the highest crowdfunded beverages of all time. And then from there, that's when we launched the cans. And that's when things really started to go fast. Got it. So you crowdsourced to be able to get to the can. Okay. I want to touch on that for a second. So with the bottle, did you know like, Hey, this is not our brand. We don't want to stay in a bottle. Or did you want to switch to a can from a costing perspective? Like, like talk to me about how that package change happened, because I know it's, it's obviously a big thing to like change the package that you're in right now. Absolutely. So we started in the glass bottles because it was kind of our only option. We didn't have the ability ability to launch in cans. There were a ton of downsides to the glass bottles. I mean, glass is breakable, first of all. The shelf life wasn't too long and it had to be kept refrigerated. So when you think about a business that does a lot of shipping and direct consumer, it's not a not a good kind of equation right there. So we knew that we wanted to switch to cans just because they have the 12-month shelf life. They're significantly easier to scale and they're significantly more cost effective. So it's one of these things like we knew from day one that our goal was to get to cans. The glass bottles were more of our stepping stone to allow us to get there. Got it. I love that though, because you didn't let the fact that you couldn't launch in it right now, like prevent you from going period. And then once you had enough capital, you kind of like transitioned into how you really wanted it. Exactly. Exactly. And talk to me about your crowdfunding campaign. So... I mean, a lot of people launch an Indiegogo and they think they're going to, you know, raise a ton and they just, you know, some of them just don't, some of them do, some of them don't. What were some of the keys that you guys did that helped you have such a successful launch on there? Yeah. So first of all, we did not expect to get the kind of response that we got. It really started for us by, we reached out to basically anyone that had launched a successful Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign in kind of our space, just picking their brains on their best practices, what they did that worked, what they did that didn't work. And then we kind of made kind of the best of everybody. We combined that into our campaign and we just started talking to like a lot of our friends. We reached out to kind of anyone we knew, let them know that like, this is what we're building. We got our audience very engaged. We sent them all surveys and took a lot of their feedback into the construction of like or creation of the campaign itself. So then everyone that was like our friends and family felt very invested in us. So we actually ended up raising close to our, our goal for the project was $15,000 and we did $15,000 in the first four hours. So we basically had this like immediate response, which just started this whole snowball effect because we were, then we were able to work with Indiegogo and work with other creators and say like, look at how much traction we have, like support us so we can get even more traction. Right. But it, it was a, it was a long process. We spent almost five months on the creation of the campaign itself. We also were intending on launching it in January of 20, I guess, 2020. But then COVID happened. So it kind of just, it kept delaying everything. And the whole world kind of went under as soon as we were planning on launching it. So we ended up launching it in July of 2020. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, I'm seeing kind of a common thread here of you you and the co-founding team being really great at not being afraid to like reach out and like ask for support, ask for feedback uh, (laughs) along the way, which is huge. Is that just kind of like, who you guys are or have you kind of forced yourself into that as you've gone through your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. I mean, it started, I don't know if you can tell by this, but I'm the type of person that loves talking to everybody. So I think that caters itself very nicely. My girlfriend gets a little mad when we're in public and I talk to everybody, not mad, but just, she thinks it's funny. (laughs) So it kind of was like a natural thing. And then we realized how much of a strong suit it is, like how much it can help us. We definitely like pushed harder into that. 
it's such an X factor to have all these people that know and support you that it doesn't cost anything. That's, that's what I find so interesting is like, you can have this thing that propels your business that doesn't cost you anything. The only downside is, you know, there might be a little bit of an ego blow. If one of these old guys says something like, Oh, you're going to fail because you're only 19 years old. And, you know, I've gotten a, a few of those, but then I've also got a lot of people along the way that are incredibly supportive. Right. It's, and I think you kind of nailed it there. It's like, yeah, just it can be an ego piece that stops people from doing it. But I mean, it's worked out really well for you guys in terms of getting past that ego, just going and chatting to people. And like people genuinely want to support other people doing great things. You know what I mean? Especially if they have a great, like you have a great product that people want. People need energy in their day. No one likes a crash. Like win-win situation here for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So love that you guys did that. So you were able to raise, did you, so you raised a lot more than what you had expected, which is incredible. You reached your goal like within hours, which is awesome. Did you know exactly where you wanted to spend that money to help you get to the next level? Like, obviously I know you wanted to go into cans, but since you surpassed that, or did you guys know really clearly we have additional money? This is exactly where it's going to be allocated to get us to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. So we knew that every penny that we were going to raise was going to go into the production of cans. So it's really easy for us because in in CPG, the prices go down really fast the more you produce. So $15,000 was the minimum price to let us for for us to produce about like 10,000 cans or something like that. With $75,000, we were able to produce significantly more and it just helped us lower down our unit cost. So we knew that we were going to pour every penny we raised into this campaign or into the the production of the cans. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, about what you guys have been doing for marketing and some of the pieces that you're looking to launch for marketing right now. Talk to me about how, what marketing you guys have done right now. Indiegogo, I would definitely say is like a form of marketing right there. Obviously you going and chatting to people as well, but what else, what else have you guys invested in to get the word out? Yeah. So we're, we're, pretty different when it comes to marketing and kind of how we put ourselves out there, like the traditional route of just running Facebook ads and things like that. Like that hasn't really been a huge focus for us. We've put some money there, but it just hasn't been the best return. We've done the best with just grassroots, like kind of brick by bricks type stuff. Like we still focus on the college market. So we have ambassador programs at virtually every college campus in California. And that means students are out there tabling, throwing out samples or passing out samples basically two to three times a week. So we've really taken the brick by brick approach there. We haven't had any like lucky breaks, I guess you can say, like getting on Good Morning America or Shark Tank or anything like that. It's really just been a pretty steady, continual growth for a couple of years now. With this being our third year of business, we've been incredibly focused and we've done a good job of just, you know, waking up every morning, doing exactly what we're planning on doing and just, and just continuing with that. That's awesome. Well, you guys know it works and you're like doubling down on that, which is huge. Absolutely. And you had mentioned before as well, when we had chatted last time, your audience, talk to me about who your primary audience is and why you guys decided to target just on that audience. Yeah. So we have really two main target audiences. We have this, the people that are in college. So like the, I guess, 18 to 22, and then the recent college grads. So like the 23 to 28. Those are the two markets that we know how to market to best just because we're in those demographics. I'm, I'm currently 23 years old. Um, and when we launched the brand, I was, I guess when we first started working on it, I was 19. So it started us really selling to like the people we know best. And then as we've gotten older, we kind of have added in this second demographic that we also are now a part of in a way. So it really started by us just marketing 
the way that we would want to be marketed to ourselves and designing a project, you know, or a product that we ourselves would want to, I guess, consume had we not been a part of this brand. Right. Got it. So you're like thinking of it from what would I want and go and build that, which makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably a lot easier to do that than try to like market to like, you know, moms of three kids or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I have no idea what their kind of needs and desires are. For for me, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly the products that speak to me. So we kind of just design around that. Right. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. Um, and then speaking on that, so you guys are getting ready to launch an NFT because that clearly connects in with your audience right now as well. Talk to us more about um, about what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So this is something that I'm incredibly excited about. Um, it's been something we've been working on for the last few months. It's now launching on February 10th. So it's about a week out. It's called Quantum Quokas. It's a collection of 500 unique Quoka NFTs. And we didn't really want... We designed it to be a lot different than most of the other NFTs that are out on the market currently. So most of them, you're only really getting an image with maybe some commercial rights and they don't really provide any like real world utility. One of the things that I've had throughout my career is I've been able to meet a lot of really interesting, influential people that know, like, are, are many steps ahead of me. And it's helped me out significantly. So, with Quantum Quokas, we're really trying to build a real community of entrepreneurs. So, it's, we're really designing it for like, if you're, if I was 19 just starting this company, what would be the best thing for me to help me get there? So, we're really forming a community of 500 entrepreneurial people that are able to kind of meet with other people in the group get mentorship from me, myself, or me, my co-founders, and really everyone else on the on our Quoka Brew team, as well as we're running monthly speaker series with some of the people that we've met along the way, as well as some other people that are in more of the crypto space and other niches. So we're really trying to build like business mentorship in a box for someone to really just get the NFT and then be car- become a part of this extremely vibrant community. Cool. Very cool. I, I love how you have this like real world utility in it. And I mean, you're really, it's coming full circle to how you guys started as well. You've obviously had people share insights with you that have helped you. And now you guys want to be able to like give that back and help create that environment for people to share, which is awesome. Yeah. Also, everyone that buys also gets a 12 pack of Quokka Brew's new flavor, our chocolate cereal milk latte. Oh my gosh. That one sounds so good, by the way. Yeah. They also get free coffee out of the deal as well. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So you guys are launching February 10th. Talk to me about what it's looked like in terms of, you know, bringing that to market. It's obviously different from the, uh, from the beverage business as a whole. I think it's a fantastic way for marketing. I think we'll see more and more CPG brands going and doing it in the, in the NFT space connected into your CPG brand. It makes a ton of sense. What have you guys done to kind of help build excitement along that? And what does all that look like? Yeah. So we kind of have taken the same approach that we took t- towards building Poker Brew, like really taking this brick by brick organic approach. So really just talking to you know people in the community that are like, I guess, similar like-minded individuals to the people that are on our team that are building companies that are early stage at companies that are wanting to do something kind of off the beaten path. So really just taking like kind of this weird approach of just organic conversations that kind of led to people, you know, falling in love with what we're trying to build. Very cool. I love that. Again, that theme comes up continuously for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of the things that's worked extremely well for us over the years. So it's like, this is what we know how to do. So we're just going to continue doing it really well. 
100%. That's, that's the whole point of like doing it all and measuring it along the way is double down on what works and stop everything else, right? Uh-huh. Is there anything that you guys tried along the way that did not go as planned and you're like, oh shoot, we thought this would really help us and it just didn't work out as planned? Yeah. So throughout my life, I've launched 10, 15 businesses. I would say nine have fallen flat on their face. Three have gone pretty well. Two have gone decent. And then one has gone extremely well. So most like on average, like 60% of the things I've started have failed before they've gotten any traction. So I've made a ton of mistakes in my life. I've been able to mess up on things and learn from them. And we've done the same with Quokka Brew. Like we've tried some like high risk, not high risk, but like campaigns were like, we don't know how this is going to perform. And we've been able to learn from it and test and get feedback from our audience. So we have definitely kind of tried a ton of things and focused and kind of doubled down on what works best. Test and learn for sure. Because we have tried marketing towards middle-aged moms that have three kids. Um, And that's just (laughs) something that didn't work well for us. We don't try it anymore. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hey, you guys learned and and, uh, focused in on who wants to buy it, which is great. Okay. I'm curious, how did you get into the entrepreneurial space as a whole? You definitely seem like someone who has that like kind of not born entrepreneurial state, but like that's kind of part of you. You've launched a ton of companies and you keep coming back up and you keep going to bat. Not everyone has that within them. So, I mean, talk to me about that. How did that come to be? And and what advice do you have anyone who's maybe even dabbling about like, gosh, I've got an idea. I don't know if I can bring this to market. Like. Yeah. What advice do you have? So it's really weird or really interesting. So my story and my co-founder's story are completely different. So I'll talk about, I guess, his story first. So he, his family is like all engineers. They're all like the type, like go to college, get a degree, go get a nice well-paying job. He's the one that went kind of off from his family and not often the went the direction that was unproven from his family. So he's kind of doing the whole different path of his traditional path from his family. Me on the other hand, so basically everyone in my family owns random small businesses. So my uncle owns a landscaping company. My grandpa owned an auto shop. My dad owns a PR firm. My stepdad's an engineering consultant. So everyone in my family does like these entrepreneurial endeavors. So as I was growing up, I would be working at my grandpa's shop over summer, like doing oil changes, working in the office. When I was eight, nine, 10 years old, I'd be working with my uncle, my uncle Richie over summer, doing landscaping in the 110 degree heat. I'd be working at my grandpa's nursery, helping him around around there. I've been kind of doing a lot of these things throughout my life. So I was kind of, I always felt like this was my path. I don't know if it was just because of the way I was raised or just, you know, who I am as a person. So it, it kind of fit in very well. And I had a, I have an extremely supportive family that was able to say, like, when I told them I was going full-time on Quokka Brew, they're like, awesome. Like, that's really exciting. Like, it wasn't never anything like, oh, what if you fail? It was always supportive. So I think that's, I'm just really lucky to have a, a support system like that. In terms of my advice to anyone that would want to start a business or go kind of this entrepreneurial path, I would just say, do it. Like, who cares if it fails? Like, things are going to fail. Like, I, you only get to live your life once as cliche as that is. So it's like, why would you want to settle doing anything you don't want to do? Like, at least my goal in life is to live the most crazy off the wall, extravagant life possible. And not in the sense of money, but just in the sense of experiences. Like that's just what my kind of view on the world, at least what I value is. So if anyone's on the fence, I would say, just try it. I mean, what is the worst that can happen? It's really not that bad. 
I love that. And 100%. It's uh, people stay in their heads too much. And I mean, no cyber tooth tiger is going to come and kill you if your business doesn't uh, go as planned. Like, you know, you're going to be fine at the end of the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that as long as people have like a drive, as long as you're able to stay motivated and keep yourself motivated, like that's 90% of it. I wouldn't say that the Quokka Brew team is like disproportionately intelligent. We just wake up every morning and continue working and just, just keep doing. Right. Awesome. As we wrap things up here, where, where is Quokka Brew going next? What are kind of next steps for you guys? Where can we expect to see you guys go? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunities that lay ahead of us right now. Um, I think our kind of go-to focus right now is being kids that are in college or people that are in college. Like we want to be their go-to coffee drink and energy drink more than that. So our goal is really to dominate and own the ready-to-drink caffeinated market for college students and then reaching out into young professionals. So I think in terms of our next 24 months, that's what we're going to be entirely heads down focused on. Awesome. Well, I look forward to watching you guys kind of dominate that uh, campus space. And, you know, people who are just getting out of school and things like that, people who are like out there grinding in all the different ways, whether it be entrepreneurship, you know, in class, whether that be, you know, just getting their first job, trying to manage it all. You guys have a really great product and you've created, you know, you're creating a little bit of a cult following around it, which is incredible, which is totally incredible. Absolutely. because But you guys have listened to your customer to get there, which is awesome. You solved your own need and... And uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do with your NFT launch as well. I think that's a great way to build a community. And and I think that'll be really awesome to watch that. So, yeah. We're excited. Yeah, no, it'll be great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, George. Again, congratulations on everything that you're doing. Congratulations on your three-year anniversary today. Are you (laughs) and your partner like doing something to celebrate? Not really. We've never really celebrated anniversaries. Okay, you guys need to like just go and like at least go cheers a quokka brew, if not go cheers yeah. a beer or something like that. <laughs> awesome. Well, great job with everything that you're doing and can't wait to continue to watch you guys grow. Thanks, George. Thank you so much for having me on. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.